With Hashem's assistance, we are learning Kedushin, Daflamet Beis, page 32. We begin the last two words of 31b. Ibayil, who I'll ask you a question. To the top of 32a. Michel Mi. Whose money do we have to use? When we're talking about Kiwi Aim, doing honor to your parents, do you have to use your own money? Or can you honor them while using their money? Rav Yehuda, Amar Yehuda, says Michel Ben. That you have to use the son's money. Rav Nasan Bar Oishia, Amar Michel Av. Rav Nasan, the son of Oishia, said, No, you, have to, you can even use the father's money. Ule Rabbanan Rav Yirmiya, Amir Lebrader Rav Yirmiya, Kemanda Amar Michel Av. The rabbis paskind when Rav Yirmiya asked the question, or the son of Rav Yirmiya asked the question, whose money should he use? So they said to him that you can use the money of your father. Mesve, I'll ask you a question. Nemar Kavides of Yechavisimecha, it says, Honor your father and your mother. Vinemar Kavides Hashem Ehoinchan, it says, Honor Hashem from your wealth. Malalam Mechisaran Kis, just like in regards to honoring Hashem. So you have to, you have to lose out money. Afkan Vichisaran Kis. So too, when in regards to honoring one's parents, you also have to lose out your money. Viyamis Mishal Av, and if it, if it would be true that you can use the money of your father, my Nafkalimine. So then what's the difference to the son? The son is not having any loss of money. Maran says, No, it's not true. The son can have a loss of money. Lebitul Malacha. Because at the time when he's spending, that he's spending to honor his father, he could be working. So he's losing out money from the work that he could have done. So therefore, even though he's using the money of his father, he still is losing out money. Toshima, we, we're going to try to bring a proof to either side, whether you can use the father's money or you can use the kid, you have to use the kid's money. We're talking about here, Pedia, redemption of Meisr Sheni. The halacha is that a person has to take off a certain tithe, bring the fruits to the Jerusalem, and he has to eat them there. Now let's say he can't bring the fruits for whatever reason, either he doesn't want to, or because they may rot on the way. So what he can do is he can redeem those fruits, he can transfer the Kedusha, the holiness, onto money. And thus, when he does so, so if he does it himself, the halacha is, the law is, the Torah says that a person has to add on an extra fifth of the value. However, if someone else does it, you don't have to add on an extra fifth. You can just redeem it for its value and you don't have to add anything else. So now, what this price is saying is that if you have two brothers, or you have two partners, or you have a father and a son, or a teacher and his students, so in all of these cases they're considered separate people, and therefore you don't have to add on that extra fifth in regards to Meiser Shani. And not only that, says the Brisa, they also have the ability to feed each other the tithe which is meant to go to poor people. That's fine. So now, if it would be true that the son can use his, has to use his own money, so it would come out that when the son gives the father from the tithe, from the tithe of the poor person, so he's paying off the money that he should really be using his own money for, he's using the money of the poor people to, to give it to his father. How could it be? Gemara says, no. No, we need it. You know, when he's giving this poor man's tithe to his father, he already used his money. He already used his money to honor his father. However, his father needs more. Why his father? It's not enough for him. He wants to have more. So for the extra, what goes beyond the normal call of duty, so that he can use the money from a poor, from the poor man's tithe. So the Gemara says, "Ihachi." If that's true, the This that we learned on it. That Rabbi Yehuda said that a curse should come upon somebody who gives his father to eat from Maisarani, gives him from the poor man's tithes. If we're talking about just the extra, the extra things that his father needs, the extra amenities that the father needs, my nafkamina. What's the big deal? Why can't he give him for the extra? He's already given him the, from the main stuff. He's given him from his own money. The Gemara says, "No." Despite the fact that he's only giving him for the extra, it's still not a nice thing to use the poor man's tithes. That's how you're going to give your father the extra things that he needs, the amenities that he needs. It's not appropriate to do that. So Rabbi Huda says that a curse should come upon someone who does that. But nevertheless, it's still no proof which way it goes. It could be, it could very well be that a person has to use his own money and there's no proof in there. 
Tashima. We have, we're trying to bring another proof. Shalom Yisrael Lazar. They asked Rabbi Lazar the following question. How far does it go to honor one's parents? Amr Lami responded, Such that a father will take his wallet, or take a wallet, and throw it into the sea, the fun of in front of him, and he doesn't embarrass him. Now, so whose money, whose wallet was he using? So it depends if you say Michel Av or Michel Ben, that a person has to honor his father with the money of his, his own or the money of the father. If it would be true that all you have to honor your father with is only his own money, my What is he going to care if his father goes and takes his own wallet and throws it into the sea? He's not going to get angry at him. Why would he even have a hava mina? Why would he even think to embarrass his father? Gemara answers, We're talking about a case where the son has the ability to inherit his father. And since the son could inherit his father, so now when the father takes his own money and throws it into the sea, really he's taking the money that's going to end up going to the inheritors. So when he's going, so it could very well be that the son would get upset and would embarrass him. That's why we're saying that it would be a kibbut of aim, it would be honorable to one's father father to not embarrass him. V'chiha de Rabbi Barafuna, it's similar to, the, to something that happened with Rabbi Barafuna, the Rafuna karish yiroi ba'anpei Rabbi Barei, that what did Rafuna do? He went and he ripped up his own clothes in front of his son Rabbi. Amar ezel ichzi irasach because he wanted to see if his son was going to get angry or not. V'dilma rasach, Zegmar says, wait, how could he do that? Perhaps his son would get angry, v'ka'avar lefne'iver, l'sitei mechshol, and therefore he would, he would transgress the prohibition against placing a stumbling block, which is both figurative and literal, that a person is not allowed to place a stumbling block in front of a blind person. So you're also not allowed to cause someone to do, an, to do a transgression, so his son might get upset at him and, and perhaps yell at his father, which is forbidden, or curse at his father, heaven forbid. So the Gemara says, no, that the reason that he was able to do this was because he had already gone and forgiven his own honor. Meaning he wasn't going to be mocked, but he wasn't going to be staunch in his own honor. How could he rip it up? He's going to destroy something needlessly. So the Gemara answers, no, he did it on the seam so that it could be easily sewn back up. What kind of test is that of a person's anger? Maybe he's not going to get angry. He sees it's done on the seam. So the answer is that he did it. He was doing this test at a time when his son was already going to be a little bit angry. And thus he wanted to see if he would get even more angry. And that's why he did it. And that's how he was able to test him. Rabbi Cheskel taught the following to his son Rami. Let's see if a group of people, two groups of people, some of them are supposed to be killed with molten lead. That's Nisrafim through burning. And some of them are supposed to be killed through skila, through stoning. And they got mixed up with each other, and it's not clear who is who. Who's supposed to get which type of death? Rabbi Shimon Oimer, Yodun with Skila. So Rabbi Shimon says that they're all judged with Skila, which, according to Rabbi Shimon, is the more lenient. Meaning, Rashi explains, that we can't give all of them the more stringent punishment, because then you're making the people who are supposed to get the lenient punishment get a more stringent thing. We can't do that. We can't up the ante. But we can't lower the ante, which means the people who are supposed to get the more uh, stringent thing, we can give them the more lenient thing. So Rabbi Shimon is saying that Skila, stoning, is the more lenient thing. Shasrefa Chamura, and he says that the uh, burning with molten lead is more of a stringent death. Amar le Rav Yehuda Brei, so Rav Yehuda turns to his father, Rabbi Cheskel, and he says like this, Abba, Dad, don't learn the Brei this way, because typically the Rubin Eskalim, don't tell me that the reason that they're getting, why are they all getting Skila, you're telling me that it's because of the fact that Sarefa, that burning through molten lead is more stringent, just if the cases where you have Nisrafim bin Eskalim, where you have only a few people who are being supposed to be burned to death, and you have much more people who are supposed to be uh, stoned to death, so then 
just tell me that the reason that it's, they're getting stoning is because you have more people, you have a rove. And the concept is that a mute is but a rove. When you have a small amount of, of anything, and it comes into a larger amount, and we can't determine what's what, so the mute, the smaller amount, is nullified in the greater amount. So that's why they should all get skila. Rather learn it as follows. You have a small amount of people who are supposed to get stoned to death, and they are mixed up with a large amount of people who are supposed to get burned to death. So his father, Rabbi Cheskel, responded to him, to Rabbi Huda, If that's so, then what does it say in the Sefer? It says, The sages say, That they are actually judged. They all get sreifa, they all get burned to, to death. Why? Because stoning is the thing that's more stringent according to the sages. So, the, so, so Rabbi Cheskel says, If the case is like you're saying, that you have more people who are liable for death with the molten lead, so typically the Ruben is Rafim Ninu. So we should say that the reason is because you have more people, and the Mir is Batal Barov. Why are the Chacham, why are the sages saying that the reason is because Skila is more stringent? So he responded and said, Really the rabbis hold that the reason is because, in fact, there are more people who have to get sreifa. That's why they all get sreifa. However, the rabbis are responding to the statement of Rabbi This that you said, that sreifa is more stringent, that burning to death is more stringent. The sages hold it though. It's not true. In fact, if you had a, a case which was Nisrafim and Nisqalim, where you have a less amount of people who are Nisrafim and a greater amount of people who are Nisqalim, who are supposed to get death through stoning. So, skila, since stoning is more stringent, in fact, in that case also, they would all get death through burning, and that's the more lenient case according to the rabbis. So now, Shmuel overheard this whole conversation between Rabbi Cheskel and his sons, and he turns to Rabbi Yehuda and he says, Shinan, a sharp one. One should not speak to his father in this manner, the way you spoke to him. Meaning, Rabbi Yehuda had told his father that he, shouldn't, he should change the b'risa, he misunderstood the b'risa. Let's say a person sees his father transgressing words of the Torah. A person should not say, Dad, you've transgressed something of the Torah. Rather, a person should say, Dad, this is what it says in the Torah. The Gemara says, wait, if one says to his father, this is what it says in the Torah, as if to say, you're not doing what the Torah says, so that's going to cause him pain. You're going to, it's, it's an appropriate way to say it as well. So basically what the Gemara says is that instead what a person has to say is to his father, he says like this, Dad, this is what it says in the Torah, meaning the Torah says something, and he shouldn't say on, you know, head on that you've done something wrong, but rather he should mention to him that which it says in the Torah, leaving his father to figure out on his own exactly what he's done wrong. To make his own conclusion and not for his son to tell him straight up, you have done something wrong. Elizabeth Masya Aimer, Elizabeth Masya says, Abba Aimer Hashkeni Maim. Let's say one's father says to bring him some water, Umitzvelasis, and at the same time, he has a commandment that he's supposed to do. So Rabbi Elizabeth Masya said that I'm going to leave over the honor of my father and I'm going to do the mitzvah. Why? For both I and my father are obligated to the mitzvah. Therefore, this is my father said to do. I should not do because we are both obligated to the mitzvah. says, If the commandment can be done by someone else, meaning if it can be fulfilled by someone else, best it be done by someone else, and rather he go and honor his father. Amr of Master of Master says, Allah is like Yisbin Yehuda, that if it can be done by someone else, then you do that and you do the honor of your father. 
Amr Yisro Barshila, Rav Yisro Barshila said, Amr Masna, Amr Chizda. He said in the name of Masna, he said in the name of Chizda. Ha'av Shemachal Akvayde. If a father wants to forego his honor, Kvayde Machal. He has that ability. Ha'av Shemachal Akvayde. However, a, a rabbi who wants to forego his honor, ain't Kvayde Machal. He can't forego his honor. Rav Yosef, Amr Rav Yosef says, Afilu Ha'av Shemachal Akvayde, Kvayde Machal. Even a rabbi who wants to forego his honor has the ability to do so. Shemar, as we see, the verse says, Hashem Haylech Lifneim Yomam. God Himself went in front of the Jews. Thus we see if Hashem can forego his honor, certainly a rabbi can forego his honor. Amar Rava, Rava said to him, What's the comparison? Their God, so so the world is his, and the Torah itself is his. So he can forego his honor. However, we turn to Lama Beis Beis, page 32b. Is the Torah his? Meaning, a person can be mochel, he can forego his own honor. But here's the honor of the Torah, the honor of God. I can't go just because I'm a Talmud Chacham and forego the honor of God. I don't have the right to do that. So Rava then responded to his own question. In Torah Dilehi, the truth is that the Torah does belong to the Talmud Chacham, to the sage. Because the verse says, He shall be involved, he shall meditate upon his Torah day and night. Thus we say that the Torah becomes, it belongs, so to speak, to the, to the scholar. Therefore, now that the Torah belongs to the scholar, he can indeed be mochel on his covenant, he can forego his honor. Another Gemara challenges this. Aini, is it so? Rava would go around at the party of his son, it would seem to be his son's wedding, and he was giving the, the cup to drink right into the mouth of Rav Papa and Rav Huna, of Yeshua, the son of Yeshua. And they stood in front of him. When he gave it over to Rav Mari, and to Rav Pinchas, the son of Rav Chizda, they did not stand for him. He got upset, and he said to them, You consider yourselves to be rabbis, but you don't consider the other ones who stood up for me to be rabbis? Meaning he was saying, what do you guys think you are? Why aren't you standing? So here here we see that even though he was going around, he was he was being mochel on his cup, he was foregoing his honor by actually giving them to drink. So nevertheless, he, he seemed to be mocked, he seemed to hold that they would still have to stand up for him. Visu, additionally, Rav Papa have a mashki behilula da Abba Mar Berei. Rav Papa was going around giving drinks at the at his son's wedding. Vidali le kasa le Rav Yitzchak Berei de Rav Yehuda. And he gave a cup to drink to Rav Yitzchak Berei de Rav Yehuda. Vidali kamikamei, he didn't stand up for him. Vikpid, and he got upset. So, how can we say that a Rav Shemachal Akvoda, a person gives, forgoes his honor, it's foregone? Here we see that it's not true. Sigmar answers, no. Afilu hachi, nevertheless, hider mi avid Despite the fact that it is foregone, nevertheless, so they don't have to stand up all the way. But they do have to show some kind of motion, they have to move their head, showing that they would like to stand up. That they can't give up. That's not foregone. And therefore, that's why they were all being mocked in. Ravashi, Ravashi says, Even according to one who says that a rabbi who forgoes his honor, it can be forgone. However, a prince, a person who's from the Davidic dynasty, and he was a leader of Klai Israel, he was a Talmud Chacham, a Torah scholar, so he does not have the ability to forgo his honor. The Gemara says, the Gemara is going to challenge this and say that it can't be true. There was a story with Rabbi Leazar, Rabbi Yeshua, and Rabbi Tzadik, that they were dying at the party, of the son of Rabbi Gamliel, at his wedding, it would seem. And Rami Gamliel was standing there and giving them to drink. So he gave the cup to Rabbi Lazar, but he wouldn't take it. He wasn't willing to drink while, while uh, Rabbi Gamliel was holding the cup and giving him to drink. However, when he gave it to Rabbi Shua, Rabbi Shua received it. 
So Rabbi Lazar said to Rabbi Yeshua, Maza Yoshua, what are you doing, Yoshua? Where are you going to sit down? And Rabbi Gamliel, the great Rabbi Gamliel, is going to stand up and, and give us to drink. And it should be noted that Rabbi Gamliel was a Nasi. So he responded and said, We find a gr- much greater person who in fact uh, gave other people to drink and to eat. Avram was the greatest man of his generation. Kosovo, it says about him, that he stood over these Arabs. And if you want to say that they looked like angels to him, it's not true, they looked like Arabs to him. So we can't have Remigamlil. He's great, but he's not as great as Avram Avinu. So we can't have him stand and give us to drink. So Rabbi Tzadik turned to them and said, How long are you guys going to be involved with the honor of regular people and not be involved with the honor of Hashem? Meaning you can bring the same proof, proof actually from Hashem Himself. Hashem, He makes the wind blow. And He raises up the clouds. And He brings down rain. And He makes the, the ground grow. And He brings parnasa and livelihood to every single human being or every single creature. So if Hashem Himself does it, we can't have Rami Gamliel do it for us. So what do we see? We see that a Nasi indeed can forego his honor. So rather, if it's going to be said, it should be said as follows. Even according to the one that says that a prince has the ability to forego his honor. However, a king, a king can never give up his honor. The verse says, You shall surely place upon yourselves a king. This teaches us that his fear has to be upon you always. Thus he can never go and give up his honor. He can't forego his honor because his fear always has to be upon the people of Israel. Taner Rabban, we learn in Rabbi Yisrael. In Neisei V'takum, one should stand for an elderly person. Yachal afilum in Neisakein Ashmai. You might think this is even true in regards to somebody who is an elderly person who has no wisdom. Talmud Lamar Zakein, v'in Zakein elachacham. That's why the verse says Zakein, and we only find that Zakein is a reference to somebody who is wise. Shenamar, as the verse says, Asfali shivim ish mizik Neisrael. Gather for me seventy men from the elders of Israel. And that verse we know is talking about elders who are great and wise. So, so too over here, when we say the word Zakein, is teaching us that you only stand for somebody who's elderly and wise. Zaken is only somebody, in other words, he's not dashing, he's not making this gzerish of this connection to the other verse, but rather he's saying the word itself means anyone who is wise. So how do we know that Zaken, which just means this person who has acquired, how do we know that acqui- that acquiring is talking about Chachma? So we see from this other verse in Mishlei, which is talking about Chachma, and it says that this was the first thing that God acquired, meaning this is the most chashev thing, this is the most important thing that God has acquired. So if we're talking about something that was acquired, and we don't explain what we're talking about, it's obviously going to be the greatest thing that can be acquired, which is the first thing that God acquired, which was Chachma. You might think that you would have to stand for such a person from even a far distance. That's what the verse says, you shall stand and you shall show honor. I only said you should stand in a place where there is honor. Meaning, when it's clear that you're standing up for him, when he's far away, it's not clear that you're standing up for him. When he comes close to you, then it's clear that you're standing up for him. You might think that you have to honor him with money, with monetary value, with giving him presents perhaps. That's what the verse says, you shall stand and you shall show honor. Just like when you stand, you don't lose any money. So too, when you show honor, you don't have to expend any 
any money. You might think that you should have to stand up for him, even when you're inside of the bathroom relieving oneself, or if you're in the wash wash house uh, taking a shower. Tamalomer, talking about that, that's the verse says you shall stand and you shall show honor. I only said you have to stand in a place where it will be honorable and it will show honor for that person. You might think that it's permitted to close one's eyes in order not to be able to see him and then say, listen, I didn't see him, I don't have to stand for him. This verse says you shall stand and you shall show fear. Anything that it's that only the person himself knows, that only Hashem can know, and the person. So there it says, you shall fear your God. So in such a case, so you, you this is something that, you, that that's only given over to the person himself. He knows that he closes his eyes in order that he not be able to not be able to see the person and not to stand up for him. So that's why it says, Vyarese, you should fear, you should fear Hashem. Rabbi Shimon Ben-Alazar says, How do we know that a, a sage should not cause people to have to stand up for him unnecessarily? That's what the verse says, the elderly, so the elderly person has to have a certain fear. Meaning this is also something that's must for the lady, it's given over to the heart, only Hashem knows what's going on inside of this person's heart. Isi ben Yehuda, Aymer Isi ben Yehuda says, "Mimnei seva takum, afilu kol seva b'mashma." Isi ben Yehuda argues on the Tanakama and Hervigam Leo, and he says that any elderly person, even if he doesn't have wisdom, you have to stand for him as well. Rabbi Yosi Aglili, Hainu Tanakama. The Gemara says, "Wait, Rabbi Yosi Aglili is really saying the same exact thing as the Tanakama. What's the difference?" Ikebenayu. The difference is as follows: Yonik v'chacham, someone who's young and wise. Tanakama says, "Yonik v'chacham loy." The Tanakama holds that you do not stand up for somebody who's young and wise. Rabbi Yosi Aglili says, "Afilu Yonik v'chacham." Even someone who's young and wise, also you must stand up for him. My time at the what's the reasoning? He'll tell you like this. If it be true, like the Tanakama says, that you do, not have, you do not have to stand up for a person who's young and wise, let the verse say, for an elderly person who's wise, stand and show and show honor. Why did the verse split it up and say, stand up for an elderly person and show honor for a zakin, a person who has wisdom? So it must be coming to teach us, comes to say the high love high the high love high that there are two different types of people one is an elderly person and one is a young person so this teaches you that even a young person who is wise you also have to stand up for him Vitanakama, what will be the response of the Tanakama? The reason that it split it up was not to teach you that, but rather to put Zakein next to Vyaresa to teach us, like we said before, that an elderly person has to know that what he's thinking, Hashem knows what he's thinking, and he shouldn't unnecessarily cause people to stand. Vitanakama, my Taima, what's the reasoning of the Tanakama that he holds that you do not have to stand up for a young person who's wise? My Taima, if it would be true, as Rabbi Yosef Glili says, for the elderly person stand and show honor talking about that and show, stand up and show honor for the person who's wise we like Kosovo since it didn't split it up like that and it didn't give them separate statements it's clear that we're talking about one person who's both old and wise